0: Are
1: older now. Yes! Happy birthday!
0: Happy the It's not, no,
1: it's not
0: too late. You're never too old. Happy birthday to you.
2: Yeah. Happy birthday to Rob's shaking his head, no. i
0: all of this Oh, no, don't you dare. Happy this is the best birthday, part of the show.
1: Dear Roberto. Roberto! Happy 30th birthday to you.
2: I am really not even know how old I really am. That's not good. We lied. You're actually older.
0: I'm 75. you You're
2: You're 30 going on 75. Yep. Yep.
0: Walk it too, sorry.
1: We can no longer make fun of you for being so much ridiculously younger than the two of
0: us. You have left your 20s.
1: Yep. Say goodbye.
0: Old. It's all downhill now. Mm hmm. Well, no.
1: No, your 30s are still good years.
0: All right. What's 40s of the new 20s? Yes. So what am I then? 10?
1: I don't know. No, no. I don't know what math you're using for that. That's like alien
2: math or something. I don't
0: know. Here we go. Aliens.
2: Speaking of aliens, no, I'm kidding. We're not doing aliens today. What are we gonna do? Well, this is Parababble. We forgot to intro the show because we haven't done it in so long that we forgot. We're hungover from Halloween still.
1: <laughs> I'd like to go back and do Halloween again. I
0: know. That'd can we be just fun. can
1: we just pretend like nothing has happened recently and we can just do Halloween like every day?
0: We could do Halloween every single day. I would like. Isn't that. the show Halloween? Maybe. It's a trick or it could be a treat. <laughs> you just never know what's going to come up. We out. need
1: to go back and, and take our time travel episode and listen to it again so we can figure out how to build a flux capacitor. 1.21
2: gigawatts.
0: That's all I know. Gigawatts.
1: <laughs> Parababble.
0: In the house. We're back
1: in action. We are.
0: Sorry, that's me fixing my notes for today's show. Who's oh, me? Oh, you have notes. Who's me? me? Yeah. Oh, I am Jeff. <laughs> Rob.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm Rob.
0: I'm old. He's coughing up a lung. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you get old.
1: I'm Allison. I'm glad to be back.
0: From where? In the where? swing of things. Where were you gone?
1: Well, I, I, I missed a show. You did. I know.
0: And we had to do our our horror movie review. I get, sad <laughs> yeah. when I, I get sad when I get kidnapped
1: by aliens and can't do a show here and there.
0: I haven't been kidnapped yet. Someone needs to kidnap me. Of all the people that have been kidnapped my aliens yet. <laughs> exactly right.
1: I know it should be you. You love be the aliens. Me. You like walk around with like a sign on the back that says "Take me, please." Mm-hmm.
0: Take me, take and me. You to got your the leader. Thing in your
1: car. And I got the
0: little alien cling on my car.
1: Take me. Mm. It's like
0: you're just asking for it, and
1: that's why you're too obvious. Oh, that's why they won't. So I got to go undercover. Yeah, you do. You got to pretend like you don't actually want it.
0: No, stay away. Don't mm-hmm. take me. Don't take me. Bzzz, and the little right. tractor beam pulls me up.
1: Then it might actually happen. Oh, so wh- okay. what are we talking about today?
2: Hans-Ozer. Hans Holzer. Hans. He's like we it. said at the, la- at the end of the last episode, we said we are going
0: to do it, so we're doing it.
1: The guy that we owe all of our current ghost hunting uh, relationship to?
0: Fraud yeah. What? 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 Oh, Who but said don't,
1: don't we have an email before we get started into anything today? I do have
2: an email we could read. Um, we did already answer him through email, but...
1: Because we like to be prompt about these things.
2: Yes. Not six months later.
1: Right. I mean, if someone's going to email, we want to, you know, we well, we'll be We'll read on the
2: show. So, if you send us hate mail, we'll, we'll, we'll say it on the show as well.
1: How do they send us hate
2: mail? It's at parababblepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at parababble.
0: That was convincing. hmm
1: It's the coolest it's name for a cheese. show ever. It is.
0: You know, we got away from cue cards. We don't use those anymore.
2: No, we don't. It's, it's, it's kind of easy to remember. It's just parababble. That's the name of the show.
0: And what is it? It's a podcast. That's it.
2: And why are we called
1: Parababble?
0: Because we
2: babble.
1: We babble on and on and on. Mm hmm. Yep. Like we're going to do tonight.
0: Yep. On every night. We're seeming pretty lax tonight. We got an easy flow here because
2: we're just starting. It's early still. Yeah. It's early. All
0: right. So we got
2: an email from Doug. Doug! Doug says, hey guys, I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. I'm a big fan of the program and look forward to new shows every few weeks. The Skinwalker episode has been my favorite so far. Ours, Me too. Mm, right? two. Oh, not definitely. Uh, <laughs> no. Maybe some of us.
0: Two-thirds majority. Sorry. Popular so, vote. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two soon. It's not fair because I don't remember all of the episodes. It was a great episode.
1: We'll have to there talk about like the best of the best one, one show.
2: And play some clips or something. For Encore me. presentation. Yeah. The well, famous. you don't really have to
0: do that because all I have to do is click on the show. But anyway.
2: So back to Doug. So anyway, Doug wants to know, just the, the gist of the rest of this email, he just wants to know what the name of the book was that you re- kept referring to. Because I don't know if you ever mentioned it. Wasn't I'm it sure uh, you did.
0: Hunt for the Skinwalker?
2: Hunt for the Skinwalker. Yep. So that's the book with all the crazy...
0: George Knapp and I don't remember the actual other author. They co-wrote it. And it is crazy. I mean, we only tapped into it verbally, but the show, uh, on the show, but what went on out on that ranch was uh, beyond crazy.
1: You started talking about it, and I started having flashbacks to blue meanies, blue and meanies. dogs in trench coats smoking cigarettes, Yep. and just craziness, all-out craziness.
0: Wolves the size of humans that you shoot and they don't die, but they, dire smell, wolves. Like, they smell like dead flesh. Well, werewolves, you know, you need a silver bullet. Werewolf?
1: Where? Where? Their wolf?
0: Every werewolf.
1: Werewolf. Wolf, wolf. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So. Little
1: Young Frankenstein there. I'm back to Halloween again.
0: Okay. I just bought that for Halloween, Did actually. you see
1: my Facebook post on Halloween? I don't know. Yeah, it was, this, it was the picture of my TV in my living room with with Young Frankenstein on the
0: television. Oh, I did. That's right.
1: Oh, yes. You can't watch that show without, you know, it's I not I just went a out and bought it on Blu-ray. You've seen it before, though, right?
0: Oh, yeah. You oh, know? yeah. Excellent have you ever seen
1: it. it all,
2: Rob? I have it actually. Do you like it? Yeah. I only watched it once though.
0: That's all it took, huh?
2: It's all it took. What? Yeah, I have watched it once. It gets funnier the more times you watch it. It's One does. Of those movies.
0: The yeah, inside jokes you, get bigger and bigger. They do. You yeah. catch more things.
1: Mm-hmm. Like sort of like Monty Python's like, you know, The Holy Grail or Life of Brian or something like that. Like the first time you see it you're like this is dumb. And then the second time you're like Hahaha. And the third time you're like Hahaha. And the fourth time, you're just like rolling on the ground because you're laughing so hard.
0: And then your friends watch it with you and they don't understand why you're laughing so hard because it's not that funny. Yeah, Yeah, that that happens
1: all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like
0: being a sober person at the bar.
1: Exactly. It's like, oh my God, Jeff, you just hit that right on the head. Because my dad and I watch it together and we laugh at everything. And then my mom would be like, I don't know, that's not funny.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, go watch it right now. You guys take care of the rest of the Hans Holzer show. Okay. No, but
1: we got to no. get talking about this. No.
2: Hans, yes, Hans. Hans.
1: And mm-hmm. thank you, Doug. Thank you for writing in and letting us know your thoughts.
2: He also gave us some recommendations for future episodes, which we'll probably get to eventually, Doug. But oh, We're going to get to We're really, them. really slow.
1: No, we're not that slow, because the ones were, that you recommended were really good.
2: Allison loved them.
1: I did. I mean, anytime you're going to talk vampires and werewolves...
2: <laughs> Bloodsuckers! Oh, I'm all about it. As long as they're not sparkling.
0: Uh, uh, no no maybe. sparklies what no uh <laughs> Jeff sick that episode <laughs> all right
1: remember how oh, we it's... just were talking about people's opinions and how we can respect them so I,
0: i'm no respecting your opinion by not coming <laughs> <laughs> with sparkly vampires after he just
2: threw up in his mouth a little if you like sparkly vampires i'm gonna defriend you on facebook
0: please do
1: can you not defend me, though, even though I do? I, I still like you.
2: I'll think about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is some tough waters tonight. <laughs> well.
1: All right, so what do we know about Volzer? We owe everything in ghost hunting to him. Everything? We owe a lot.
0: He's the most popular, I would say.
1: Well, I think he's only popular with people that actually know anything about real ghost hunting. If but, you asked anybody, like, nowadays, like, who's the most famous ghost hunter, you would get a list of people, and I doubt he would be on it, no, and if he it was to be, be on the bottom.
0: One. Dan Aykroyd? No. Bill Murray? No. Oh. No.
2: It would be
1: Zach Bagans. I knew it was one. Coming.
0: <laughs> I was the trying V-Z to avoid Man. that. I was trying to move away from the Z-Man.
1: But, you know, like, Grant, Jason, Steve, all They're guys. more popular
0: than Zach Bagans. Oh,
1: well, in my world.
0: Ooh. I'm going to defriend
1: you because of I'm, your love for Zach Bagans. You know what?
0: That's not right. <laughs> I don't think I value your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be. I know it's where the show's gonna ghosts. go the whole night. <laughs> we are just getting rid of everybody. We'll <laughs> have little, no friends at the end of this show. We're a
1: little schizophrenic tonight, but that's
0: okay. Okay, so I, okay, so yes, I think he's mm-hmm. very,, um, he's pretty big in the ghost world as a cultural figure for, yeah, for
1: people that, that actually do any research. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: But is he truly...
1: I mean, if you throw on a t-shirt with a logo that glows in the dark on it and you call yourself a ghost hunter, you probably don't know anything about Hans Holzer.
2: Um, My ghost poster shirt that I wear in an investigation sometimes does glow in the dark. And so does my hat.
0: As long as it's not sparkly.
1: But I said if you just throw <laughs> on a t-shirt with a ghost hunting logo that, glows, that goes in the dark...
2: Oh, so uh, those other things that I do make up for it. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, I'm
1: talking about people that like just are in it because it's trendy, and not because they actually want anything out of it.
0: Right. But you set now you set me into another question here. So, do you think that um, people who ghost hunt are really rabid in wanting to learn everything they can historically about I'm say, ghost hunting?
1: I'm gonna say, in my opinion, no. Rob, you don't think so? What do you think? Nope. <laughs> what do what, you think about how
0: would that? you how would you give it a percentage wise Ugh.
1: nowadays
0: nowadays if you're say Hans Holder, what about him um, like, what What do you think them? the average ghost paranormal investigator would say do they know him or don't they know him
2: the average they don't know
0: so you're gonna say what 60-40 they don't
2: I'm gonna say 80-20 yeah that sounds
1: about
0: right 80-20 yeah uh mm-hmm. Okay.
1: We should poll every ghost hunter we know. Okay. And ask them to name, like, their five most well-known ghost hunters.
0: But do you sure. think people will actually take mm-hmm. the time and look it up?
1: No. I or think people, people just will just be rattle like, off the first five that pop into their brain.
0: Okay. Jason, Nick, Grant. Zach. Zach.
1: Amy. Amy Bruni.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Chip Coffee.
0: So you're Brian going B-wolf. with... You're going well, Wow, you're going with <laughs> you're going with uh, like a millennial crowd almost in a sense. Well, it's I, a new it's a new type of ghost crowd. These I think, damn kids.
1: <laughs> I think it's because what made ghost hunting popular again from like the late '90s on was those shows. So people get Great. into it thinking like, oh, this is something new, and they don't realize that this has been going on for sixty years already. Pretty much the exact same way that we do it now. Because they don't care to know those things. Yeah, I,
2: when I was looking into Hans, I saw something that was like a perfect example of that. Are you gonna share, that a ghost? Are you going to share with the group? <laughs> no, I, I was going to, to, but then I heard a, a knocking noise. And oh. Now I hear uh, something. Could be. Really loud <laughs> well, we're here in Italy, so. <laughs> yeah, Prayer Babbles Italy studio.
0: Okay, we got to take so our medicines Hans. here. So you found an interesting little thing about Hans.
2: Yeah, I watched um, an In Search Of episode. That featured Hans. And it looked really, really old. And eventually, at one point in the episode, they did say it was 1976. Yep. So that was fun. But, and before I go over the whole thing, it was basically the gist of what he did was more or less what we do now.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: And they followed him around. He went on an investigation. He interviewed the witnesses first. And then he went in. He went in with a psychic. Yep. And he conducted a bit of an investigation.
1: He didn't tell them anything about where they were going or what the claims were. Nope.
0: Well, that's... The
1: that's debatable, part. but, mm-hmm. I mean, just in general terms, without ripping anything apart yet, like, let's let's assume for the sake of assuming that he legitimately, legitimately did that. He used a tape recorder.
2: Yep. Polaroid camera. Polaroid camera. Notebook and a pen. Exactly. I actually wrote that down because yep. I was watching him, and he didn't, like, they didn't point it out or anything, but... Uh, I guess I can just go over all this stuff now. Just so we don't but that is old school, around, right but, there. Yeah,
0: and those techniques are still used today.
1: Yeah, just their modern day updates.
0: Yep. I mean, we've actually gone through the whole equipment phase of monitors, everything else, and craziness, and we've downscaled to go to use your body as a tool when you go in there and you take your notebook, you write down your notes, you take you know your camera, and hey, if this place is you know full of communication and they want to reach out, guess what? We're doing it the Hans way. The Hans way. The Hans way or no way. We're Hansifying mm-hmm. ghost hunting. Hansifying.
1: Woo. How many more can we come up with before the end of the show?
0: Well, we're only 13
1: minutes
2: in, so I'm guessing a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, Rob, so what do you got there? Okay, so this In Search of episode I watched, um, when it was all done, I noticed like, how freakishly similar it was to like an episode of any paranormal TV show that's around today, minus all the flashy well, yeah. cuts and spooky music. So, it was the In Search of episode called Ghosts. Uh, the whole thing's on YouTube. So, if you want to watch it, it's on there. Leonard Nimoy. Uh, so, they introduced Hans as a doctor of parapsychology.
1: Did he actually have a doctorate in parapsychology? Or was he like Bill Murray, doctor of parapsychology? They
2: refer to him as a professor on the end.
0: Yeah, episode. he does. He got one from, uh, um, I forgot what college it was. I was just reading it a little while ago. But they did say that he got a certificate for that.
1: I would really like to have a degree in parapsychology. Me too. We should go and get our online degrees in parapsychology.
0: Ooh. That sounds like fun.
1: We can become doctors.
0: I want to be an intern.
1: Okay. You'll have to get us coffee.
0: No, not that type of intern. Intern, <laughs> like, where we go ghost hunting and I help run around. Get a you coffee. still need
2: coffee in a ghost hunt. <laughs> so, Leonard Nimoy, huh? Spock? Yep, Spock was there. Wow. And he was looking really young. Was he a believer? Um, he seemed pretty neutral on the whole thing.
0: Believer in a paycheck. He was just,
2: like, the narrator, so yeah, I think he was the believer of the paycheck. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, so the whole episode, they really were just following Hans around. And it's funny, because they, he went to two different houses to do investigations of paranormal claims. And so some of the quotes here from him, he said that ghosts are fellow humans in trouble and ghosts are not aware that they're dead. Just debatable.
0: Well, thinking where he's at at that point.
2: Yeah. So his thing is that he's looking for hard evidence of paranormal activity. So the first home that he went to uh, was called the Washington Irvine Home. I don't know where it was exactly. They didn't mention it. Or I didn't catch it, if they did. It was pretty quick because he came to the conclusion pretty fast that, guess what? It wasn't haunted. Nice. I know. I love when that they happens. They started that off right off the bat. And they're like, yep. He's like, no, it's not haunted. I don't think so. But then the main one that they focused on was the Fort Clyde home. So in 1972, these are just the claims a man heard pacing in the halls of this infamous haunted house and he got up to investigate and there was nobody there so he went back to bed and then he noticed that the sheets on the edge of his bed became indented and then his hair got pulled. And there was another woman that was staying there around the same time. She was awakened in the middle of the night to see a what she described as a frail female apparition at the side of her bed. She said it was wearing a white nightgown and that it was kind of see-through. Hmm. Sexy ghost. Not the nightgown, I think the ghost in general.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Don't want to me speaking out of my head. Me? <laughs> he my crazy. vision was she was a 10. <laughs> 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 Sit at the edge of the bed. Oh, Jeff, that's great. What is up? <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Yeah, the ghost was see through, not her
1: nightgown.
0: Oh, <laughs> different page. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> so a
2: couple of years later, 1976, Hans Holzer's there, and he comes into the place, and I noticed he was armed with a flashlight and a notebook and one of those old-school Price is Right microphones. Nice. Because that was cutting-edge technology back then, and the first thing that they did, he just walked through the building with the witnesses, and he got all their stories from them, which is almost exactly what they do in all the ghost hunting shows now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. The witnesses, some of them thought that it was evil. Evil spirits. Evil. Just because. Hans didn't really buy into that. So then, after that, he did a... It seemed like another walkthrough. He didn't exactly say... They didn't say it was a full-on investigation. It was during the day, but it was just him.
1: Oh, wait. You can ghost hunt during the day? Hmm. Wow. That's revolutionary.
2: Gotta ask Hans. (laughs) Hans did it.
0: Just blew my mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: I thought ghosts only come out at night. You're hearing the wind. It's really windy here in the studio. Buzzy wind. It is like a mess out there. But go on. So, uh,
2: he came in there with a psychic, and at first, it's they didn't. He didn't come right out and say it, but it seemed like he didn't tell her anything because she wasn't there for the first walkthrough when he was asking all the witnesses like what happened. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then got a little questionable because the psychic described that apparition that the woman had said she saw almost to the T. She said, Oh, I see a very frail small woman in a white nightgown in this room by this window, which was exactly where the witness said she saw it.
0: And the witness didn't know this lady, obviously.
2: That we know of. Okay. So they're skeptic, Rob? It got a little bit worse from there because at that I was like, okay, well that's, eh. we'll see where this goes from here. And it didn't get any better because the psychic gave very, very, very specific information. She gave specific names of the ghosts, first and last names, um, their whole family members, all their names, the days that they were, the day that they were married, like their wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. The name of the priest that married them, all of the kids' names, how all of the kids died or left home, and what age they were when they did this, and where this family moved from to this home, and the name of the ship that they took to come over from England.
0: What, did she roll up with a a family tree in her back pocket?
2: that's, That's what I'm thinking. Or she was actually talking to someone in the
1: family for real and got all this information from them.
2: Or, after this investigation, Hans went and he talked with the local historian who confirmed all of these facts. So you have to wonder if they did that first and then you just edited it?
0: Don't be that way. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. It happened. They read it. She read it. Bang. Haunted. It happens. I think she even said where the ship was built.
1: Alright, now you're
2: just pushing it.
0: <laughs> did they edit that into her? Yeah. Photoshop mm-hmm. puts pictures together. I don't think
2: they had Photoshop back in 76,
0: but. People were faking. They probably Whoa. took the
2: tape. The tape of the, the. Right. Beta tapes. I'm guessing they were. Or film reels. I don't know what it was in the 76.
1: When was the picture of Loch Ness taken? Was it the 60s? Because that was faked, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. What about all those ectoplasm uh, pictures? Cheesecloth.
1: Cheesecloth. Those were all fake.
0: Okay, what about the. Fake, fake, fake. Person. That Your your dead family member when you got your family photo no, spiritual, was hanging out.
2: spiritual photography. Yeah. Big, big, big.
0: Okay. So?
2: So that's that. That but was this the is end of the episode. But <laughs> it is real. But the way that he did things initially, it seemed pretty similar to what we do now. Uh, it just kind of lost me a little bit when he brought in the psychic.
0: Well, he they said he traveled with a transmedium all the time, wherever he went. And how much they revealed... And l- let's face it, um, I don't think back then the degree of popularity and getting a paycheck is like it is today with some of these shows. Well,
1: yeah, and you've read, have you ever read any of his books?
0: Yeah, I own like three of them. So,
1: have
2: you ever read any of his books? I don't think I've read any of them all the way through, but I, I know I have one.
1: Like, I've read a that couple from... of them, and he always used a trance medium, but in some, in some of the case studies that were in his books they didn't come up with anything. It wasn't like every single time you had did an a investigation. grand ending. No. Like sometimes the stuff they very said boring. didn't make sense or it was very boring or it wasn't relevant to that particular case. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like nowadays where every single time there's a ghost show on, they're there's a ghost. having a haunting there's a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's
0: some climactic in there. Some of his stories that I read, I was like, you were you're the one that actually got me into it and said, you know, read this so and then i was like sorry hans but they were blown out for like 3.99 at Barnes and noble so i picked up a bunch <laughs> and uh some of the stories i'm like i'm expecting i'm starting to read this i'm like oh cool i'm expecting big endings no they're Whoa. in a house down in uh, north carolina this man was walking around there's footsteps she, the lady would see apparitions da da, da da he was there i think the whole story lasted two and a half pages and at the end of it they found nothing i'm like. What is this? And then as I read more, it was just your everyday, real ghost hunt. This is what happens. Sometimes you get lucky and spirits communicate. Other times you sit there going, Yeah, I heard a bing or a bang, but that's all we got. Yep. So.
1: And I think that's what I liked about him from the get go, too, is that it's not all flash every single time. Right. You know, because I think that when you have shows or you have books or whatever that's like that, it starts to lose the coolness of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you are always finding stuff everywhere you go, what's the big deal? Like, it's actually kind of nice to have, you know, four or five chapters where you might not have anything, and then you hit one where you're like, wow, that was cool. That's really impressive. And then you might have six more where it's, you know, anticlimactic. And then you get that one where it's, like, serious, like something really neat happened. And I think it makes it that much more fun. Mm -hmm. (coughs) When When you have... Something being found every single time it takes it takes the the excitement out of it yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely. It's it, and I think also back then with him and I mean Ghost hunting and ghosts and spirits have always been around how it's come to light You know, there's people we have to give credit along the way but back back then It was more word of mouth. It was letters back and forth. It was a phone call in today's world, we have it so much quicker, so much easier. It's a show-me-now society. I want something big. I'm only going to show you big. I would love to get a hold of I know we're kind of bordering on ghost shows here, but I would love to see some of the shows of these guys that do the ghost hunting now that took a shit and they got nothing, where they absolutely wasted three, four days of thousands of dollars and the show never made it to the air. I wonder if there's more of those than, you know, what what we see today. And that's more back to Hans and going back even further. That's back to what the reality of it is, you know? Well,
1: you know, and that's a good point, Jeff. And I guess I never really thought about that. Because if a show has only got maybe, what, 12, 15 episodes a season,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how many places are they actually going to get those 10, 12, 15 places? You know, are they traveling for eight months out of the year? Right to all different places, and they're only showing you the ones. I know. Some, I, don't, I don't know.
0: Sometimes watching on social media, if you watch some of these guys that go for these hunts, and they're saying they're filming for the new season, they won't <clears throat> they won't tell you where you're at, where they're at, but they're gonna say, "Oh, coming home from this location." So you might be able to track it that way, but it's not really a totally accurate picture. But I'd like to see, you know. What falls?
2: How many they would actually, you guys are saying, like they would actually go to and do an investigation, they catch nothing, and then they just don't do an episode about it?
0: They just say, oh, that episode didn't pan out.
2: I bet you they don't do that at all. I bet you they have to scrounge together something and just make it seem like it's paranormal. So they they
0: make it? Oh, yeah. So there's money. money So they don't lose out money on the episode So they have to
2: travel to the place that the networks for the TV have to pay for them to travel there. They got to pay for their crews to go out there. They got to put them up in a hotel. Probably got to give them money to eat the whole time that they're there. All the production costs to getting any equipment out there. The money's there if
0: you have a number one show, which, there you go. If you have a number one show, you obviously are pushing stuff through. Yeah. Maybe stuff, you know, I, I don't know. That just made me think of that because Hans Hol- Holzer himself, he had a lot of trouble along the way from reading, you know, y- you got to believe in this guy. But he had a lot of work, but he wasn't necessarily a glitz, glamour, rich guy about it. He had to make the you know the painstaking moves of doing this and keep working at it to make his name what it is
1: well and i think that's kind of what's always been appealing about him because he could have i mean if like as an example the second episode the second part of the episode where he goes and like he has this medium there and this medium comes up with all this information and it's amazing and it's mind-blowing if he could fake that why wouldn't he fake it all the time if he wanted to be famous and he wanted
2: exactly. people to
1: buy his books and watch his shows and do all those yeah.
2: things. That's why I wasn't completely like, thinking that the episode was crap, because he even did want to un- go something before that, and they were like, nope, there's nothing
0: there. But How did they fill the time on that show? This, you said this was on YouTube, right? Yeah. In search of, with mm-hmm. Hans Holzer? So how did they fill in that time? Did they just walk around, kind of, in this episode? Were these like half an hour episodes? Yeah, it was only like 20-something minutes. Okay. So
2: it, it was pretty quick.
0: So they probably asked the questions and walked into the rooms and there's nothing here and there's nothing here. And then by the end, their conclusion is?
2: Well, the first house that he did, it was very fast. It was only like a couple minutes, like a minute or two. They they interviewed some of the people that thought it was haunted and then they just cut to Hans and he said like, no, I don't believe it's haunted. And that was that. And then they
0: moved on to the next one. Oh, that way you yeah. never fly in today's world. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, that, that's, not, that's not necessarily true, too. It wasn't Ghost Hunters always, uh, sometimes, they would do two shows in one episode? Yeah.
1: They used to do two two. You know, in Almost like a half an hour and so a half an hour. Set it up for five minutes. minutes. Fifteen minutes, even. Yeah, like, I think it was still a half-hour show, wasn't it? Or was it always no, an I think hour? It was an hour, it's an
0: hour show, but there were shows that were split in two. And I'm wondering if there wasn't that much stuff going on. And that's kind of how they did that.
1: Well, back in the day, they never found anything.
0: It was like real life. So then there's really nothing going on that they. We got to put another episode in here because we can't stretch a half an hour, 44 minutes.
1: They would show you the parts of the investigation. Like they'd show you people running EVP sessions. They'd show you people like taking EMF readings and do all that. They just wouldn't get anything.
2: Yeah.
1: Like they would show you the whole entire investigation, like cut down into whatever. And then they would cut to the end where they came back to the client and said, you know, we didn't get anything. We can't say it's haunted.
2: Yeah.
1: So. I think that that's why it was so important when it came out, because it taught you how to investigate. Because even if they found nothing, the whole setup and the takedown and all that stuff was still always the same, no matter what their outcome
0: was. So it was like a blueprint to doing it right or wrong. The ratings and how a show goes is a totally different subject, but if you set it up that way, okay, this is how this works. And everyone grabs in and says, oh, this is how we ghost hunt. I mean... And you go backwards in time, you know, people with recorders, you know, look at Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know, videotape, (laughs)
2: it's a demon.
1: It makes me think of like the beginning episodes of um, Taps when they still had the trailer. (laughs) <laughs> do you remember those yep and they'd go out into the trailer while like steve had been in there and there'd be like empty like candy wrappers and soda cans like he'd been in there for days going through evidence <laughs> and he'd be like i, I got nothing <laughs> that's old school stuff right there i got there. one piece I, I want you to look at but i don't think it's anything you know <laughs> yeah we were
2: really plumbers back then too
1: yeah it was so crazy when you yeah think about, that like, was how far that's that was always funny but those are the best episodes too
0: because I've, you're more relatable to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You're, you're buying more into the character and seeing what they're trying to do other than when you watch some of these shows. Oh, this place is supposed to be one of the most haunted places. You're looking and listening for every yeah. ping-ding and things going you on.
1: you can't afford to go there yourself. Right.
0: It, yeah, that's <laughs> the You other can't it. afford $500, $500
1: you know what, for if a ghost do, It
2: could be disappointing. Yeah. Because well, yeah. we've been there too. You
1: know. I've always loved like the real house investigations and like the not famous locations, and, and that's what always attracted me to Holzer to begin with, was it was like everyday people, everyday cases. It wasn't like these big grand places but, that had these big, huge haunted histories. I'm driving
0: down to North Carolina, there's these set of railroad tracks, and they see a guy crossing with his um, railroad light. It shows up at a certain time in the evening, that's his story, it's where he's going. That's what the paranormal is. Granted, we'd love it to be bigger and better and have all the flash that goes with it, but...
1: Well, after 10 years, I feel like you have to get bigger and grander because you need something to keep you charged and keep you going. You, know? you
0: do, but when you come to the end of the night, realistically, at this point of the game, it's like, eh, it's okay. Well, I've got a couple things we could check into. And that's normally how it is. Yeah. So I don't think that... I don't think this, the structure, yeah, you want bigger and grander things and that's so far in between. But I think, again, we're going to media, like social media and shows that are pushing this so, ah, gotta have those ratings, you know, gotta have the best looking guys out there, you know, the real cool things and that's promoting two things. It's promoting money. It's promoting, like, stuff that's, uh, you know, it's not true ghost hunting in a sense. it's, It's show, and I, I, you know, I'm comfortable with just walking into a dark room, you know, with a notebook and a a camera and a a recorder. I think the recorder has probably become my number one, yeah, tool. Yep, you know, I can get pictures anywhere, but nine out of ten times I'm not going to get anything with my pictures. And
2: I find
1: the more and more we do this, the less and less I want to rely on the equipment.
0: Oh, I'm not going, you know,
1: but like. You know what you're saying? Like, that's the one thing you feel like you could turn to, you might actually get something from. And as unscientific as it is, and it's not necessarily any kind of validating... It is too. But, I mean, from a scientific perspective, you know, it's not really. Nope. I mean, I get that. But mm-hmm. that's, for me, what keeps me interested. You know? It's like the, what What am I thinking is, is happening here? What am I sensing? Like... What, do I, what, what in my third eye am I thinking is over in that corner? like Those kinds of things are what keep me excited.
0: You will truly know when you walk into a haunted place. If you do this for any length of time, you will build an openness and know when you walk into a room, you should be able to detect something or have a mild or whatever reaction to what is going on in there and all the tools in the world you probably don't need.
1: You think that's why Holzer was so good at this and, like, he just walked into that house and was
2: like, there's nothing here? Well, I think that was just editing. He probably did some stuff. (laughs) was a slip-up. But that's true. Like, (laughs) there are places that we go to where it's, like, it could be a brand new place that we're going to go to investigate. Like, the last one we did, for Mm -hmm. example, uh, I knew, like, within five minutes of being there, I was like, this is going to be a slow night. There's not going to be nothing here. And it was. You just kind of know, yeah. Right. It was. He's got it that was, but we did a really not. cool
1: Singapore theory experiment while we were there that I think was freaking awesome. And I wish more groups would do stuff like that because it's so, like, out-of-the-box thinking. Like, it's so easy to put down a K2 meter and to put down a recorder and to ask some questions and maybe possibly get something.
0: Move the energy.
1: Right. But it's an entirely different thing when you're trying to, like, do something innovative and I was actually really excited about that part of the investigation, probably more so than the whole anything else that happened that well, night. Well, it
0: definitely put 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 the energy in the right direction, because, like Rob said, you within a few minutes and you kind of figured out, okay, this might just be a slow night, but let's let's give it that first forty-five minutes of going around your recorder, seeing if you're getting any type of reaction, and then when you start to stop, well, when you stop, you start to think, okay. What's missing here? If all these people are seeing like this lady or this is going on backstage, wh- what, what's the trigger point? And then you have to sit down as a group and start figuring out what's going to trigger this, what's going to work, what's going to, you know, make this move, you know, so but
1: do you think that people that ghost hunt now should have to do some research about things that happened in the past and people that were important or do you s- think they can just
2: do it and not even consider any of this stuff?
0: Oh, I just go to YouTube and I get all my information there. <laughs> if what?
2: You, if you're talking like a group, like a group just gets together and they go ghost hunting, should they, like, do research? And is there, the like, research? yeah, like, well, if, should you, do you have to do due diligence? Like, yeah, should you yeah. know Learn where... your roots? I would say, like, what kind of history mean? Like, on the building that
0: they're investigating? Or no, like I mean, like, on ghost hunting. The history of ghost hunting. So what Allison's saying is, not so much, like, the history, but... Or the history of, like, a building, but you should go back as a ghost hunter and want to know where these came from. Who came up with this whole idea of like the stone tape theory or the EVPs and you know what you can rule out as a, a legitimate picture or not. I would hope that today's, I'll say it, millennial group of TV watchers go back and take the time to learn what it's about, not what they're being fed. Because you have to have some type of validity with all of this. You just can't go off of what you know, you it see was, it
2: on the TV show, right? Hmm? You can't just go off of what you see on the TV
0: show. Yeah, right. We've had this discussion before mm-hmm. with this whole thing. You can watch the show.
1: Yeah, that's where everybody you can gets learn a your start.
0: show. Right, that's where you get your start. But you should want to expand, and hopefully, if you do stick in it, stick in it for a long time, you grow. It's like, well, all right. Well, why is it? Do I really need to have like the best monitor or the best this and this that everything? What's this theory they're trying? Yeah, you go start, back. You start
2: with the, the TV shows, then you start questioning every single thing that they do on the TV show. See, why are they doing it? Where did they get it from? Where did they get the idea from? And you go from there and see, you know, what ideas that they're using that are good and what ideas are complete crap. I can use I can
0: right. I can use myself as an example. When I joined this group, um, prone.
2: What does that stand for? Uh, Parable. <laughs> Is it Parababble? Parababble...
0: Of the Niagara and Erie County? Parababble Republic of... N- New York. New
2: York and...
0: Paranormal... Ecuador. Wait, Paranormal <laughs> Researchers of Niagara and Erie. That
2: sounds Ecuador. about
1: right.
0: That's prone. That's our group. Yep. Check it out. Yep. Um, we don't have anything going on, on our site, so we're there. We got information. I posted a really cool picture on there today, though. Oh, well, then... Uh,
1: from our most recent investigation there you go we are
0: active but what i learned coming into this group was everybody had their tools and their toys i didn't have any of my toys yet i had a recorder maybe after a while of doing this and being around people who have studied it learned it lucky enough to be in that situation i kind of stepped back off the equipment and said well why is allison not using so many tools physical tools She's using herself to walk into a room. And then you start talking. You meet more people. You learn. And next thing you know, I found myself going to the next level. Do I really need to take a picture of everything? Can I just walk into a room? How do I open myself up? What's the next level for you to grow as a paranormal investigator? And I think Hans did how many, you know, over 100 books of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just stories. Did he get better or was it always consistently the same? You don't know because you can't control the other element. Especially so,
2: since he's one of the ones that you, when you do do research, he's like he's the yeah. one of the first that you come across.
0: I'm gonna put this down on paper. I'm gonna put it in a book, and I'm gonna give it to you straight as I get it. And this is what happens. Ain't hey, shit happening here tonight. It's done. All right, next one. Wow, this was nuts. There's people walking around. I see an apparition. This is going on. Little girl's voice. That's next what story. I
1: love about his style. because Next just, story. It's just real.
0: Um. We had tea and crumpets and sat around, and uh, <laughs> I drove back home because nothing was happening.
1: Yeah, because that's real life.
0: That is real ghost hunting. These guys didn't have all the technology. Like you said, what do you have, a, a microphone, Fisher Price microphone?
2: It was one of those Price is Right microphones, you know, the long stick ones with yeah. the cord on bottom. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Do you
1: know what it makes me think of? Did you ever have one when you were a kid? It was like the little, like you used to carry it around, and it had the microphone attached to it.
0: I don't think Rob's that old. <laughs> Are you that old yet? <laughs> I am that old. I'm yeah, I mean, the equipment wasn't there. So you had to use your body and your experiences going in there. And I think, like I said, today's world show me now, show me now, show me now. They, they're not learning. There was a funny
2: quote from Hans in the episode where he was talking about the cameras that he used. And he was like, Yeah, they're very advanced, highly sensitive cameras, but they never showed them. So that was kind of disappointing. I really wanted to see. It was probably what not he was anything using. like what you would have <laughs> yeah. thought it was. <laughs> It's my kid. It's like um, in the new Conjuring movie. There's that part where the guy who plays uh, Ed Warren he gets this huge camcorder because the movie takes place in the 70s. Yep. They give him a huge camcorder. It looks like it weighs like about 100 pounds, and he puts it over his shoulder. And you're like, oh my god! And he's just like, wow, it's so light and small. And yeah. It's like <laughs> you look at today, we're yeah. like
0: we're holding phones and walking around. Yeah.
2: That's literally what we're doing now.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think that is the allure of Hans because. He came in at a time when I was young, and now when I sit back and do the paranormal history, he's more relatable. I'm more relatable to him and how he does things. And if you go back to uh, Doyle and all those guys, forget it, man. I wasn't there. I can learn from it. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, Hans almost seems like he was the people's choice when it came to ghost hunting because he was just he was just straight up.
1: Well, and to me, it's almost a matter of like respect. You know, like, if you really care about this and, and you want to do it legitimately, like, you should want to know why we do the things that we do the way that we do them. Right. You know, like, you, you should want to educate yourself about what's been done in the past and how it how it was. You know, it's like you think about, like, a mechanic. Like, a mechanic doesn't just study cars from the years that they were born through. You know, they they go back and they look at engines from 50 years ago and they look at the technology and how it's changed and you know like you've got to know where you came from exactly if you're ever going to go anywhere in the future
0: yep and i totally agree with it's that
2: funny these methods are so similar to ours too so like if you took if you took our Simple. whole group and you took all the technology away except for our flashlights gave everybody a notebook and told everyone you could have your recorder we'd be doing the exact same thing he was doing
0: and you'd probably get the same results
2: Huh. We should Hmm. try it. We should. We should just pair pair way down. I actually... (laughs) Pair way down. We should set up (laughs) an investigation somewhere that we've been before. Oh my
1: god, where half the group uses all the tech and half the group uses none. Yes, because we've had (laughs) the theory
2: before that some of the tech deters activity from happening. Especially when I was using, like, I was flooding IR. Mm -hmm. I still, actually am really bad with that. I think the last investigation I took, my whole case, my bag that I took was all IR lights. I flooded the place with it. You know, so just try to. And how get much back stuff and stuff.
0: And if you watch TV, here's the point: if you watch the TV shows, and they flood rooms with IR lights, okay? Because a, they have to keep ratings. How many times do you ever see anything in the R- I, um, IR lights? Exactly. None. Yeah,
2: and they need it because. And they
0: need it for the ratings, so that well, might tell you straight up that,
2: hmm, they need the IR lights to have their show. Because they're filming in the dark. Well, that is true too,
0: but you're not catching shadows like Mm -hmm. you would think by blowing out a room.
2: It's
1: so true though, because now that I'm really thinking about it, like I think we used to see more shadows, we used to get more of that feeling when we didn't have the cameras set up all the time.
2: Because
0: you're in a natural environment.
2: Yeah. So that's what we're going to do, we're going to set up an investigation, we're going to call it the Hans Holzer Invitational. Oh, I love it! And we're Invitational. going to yep. restrict any equipment to a flashlight and a voice recorder and a notepad. And a notepad.
1: Oh my god, I
0: love it! Do you know that I already got rid of the flashlight? I don't use flashlights anymore, and I know that's the number one rule to bring to the the game. Well, yeah, a flashlight, so you but don't
2: fall it's dangerous.
0: Break. Well, I mean, it's all part of the work, no. <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: I would, Until I would, you fall off the edge of something and break a leg. If it wasn't for my flashlight, I'm sure I would have been dead a long time ago. <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. My doctor says I got pretty good eye vision. I don't know about dark. Um, My ears are pretty good. I did almost fall off the stage at the theater, our last investigation. I almost
2: fell off the catwalk at the theater, our last investigation.
1: (laughs) I didn't fall at all, but then again, I was using my flashlight.
0: A oh. hundred foot drop,
2: I would, probably would have been one of the ghosts there. You would have been the only ghost there. But, yeah.
0: and, that, and that you bring up a point, too, with this whole flashlight well, well, the flashlight thing. It aggravates the piss out of me when everyone runs around with their flashlights on. I'm there for the lights off. I want to see what I can see in the natural dark. And I get it. you got to be safe, and you have to know what you're doing. And everybody thinks that they're safe because, well, everybody thinks they're safe. And they know what they're doing. But there are times where I'm like, you know what? Shut the flashlights off. Just let the surrounding light get at you and then go from there because people who are seeing this stuff, if you, every one of our stories or these stories of, you know, paranormal groups going into buildings, the stuff they're seeing, they're just doing natural things.
1: I totally agree with the overkill for the flashlights. But again, like, I think that's because you see that a lot with people that are first learning. Cause, Absolutely. Because they don't realize, like, that it shouldn't be on unless you're using oh, it. Oh, there's you a bit of ghosts that
0: come in front of my light. No, right. it's not right. going to work that way. You
1: need it when you're walking from point A to point B. Yep, Watch and then off. shut it down. And shut it off. Yep. Or if, like, you hear a loud noise or some shit catches your attention and you're like, you've got to put it on because you're trying to see if there's anything over there. Yeah. I agree with that, too. But, yes, not all other times during the investigation. Not because you're, you know, looking at your phone... <laughs>
0: Which you shouldn't have on anyway.
1: Right? Or because you don't remember if you tied your shoe or not. Or or the strap on your
0: sandal broke. Or you want to
2: play (laughs) flashlight tag with the other investigator.
1: Or you want to blind the person next to you just because you think it's funny.
2: But but on the blinding side.
0: yeah, I'm sure I've
2: accidentally blinded people before. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, we all have. But getting back to that point with people that do these investigations and we go, guess what? Um, The stories we hear... 90% of those stories are coming from people doing their everyday thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was at Rolling Hills, it wasn't... I didn't have to look for it. I was building, tearing things apart, and I'm hearing stuff. I'm seeing shadows. I'm like, I'm just being me. And that that goes to the other thing. A lot of times when you do EVPs and we sit around and have a bullshit conversation and the two in the morning freezing our asses off, we pick something up in the middle of it. Not that we were looking for it, because we didn't go out of our way. We go, okay, if there's somebody here... You normally don't get anything, but you when never get you... anything.
1: What have you ever gotten a response to a direct question that you asked in an EVP? I, I don't know. I don't think I have ever gotten... Didn't, no, didn't you? A yes. Of yes. Maybe, maybe a, that maybe a yes station? or not a no or something like that, but not anything that's like really like mind-blowing.
0: No, the dollhouse. Or not the dollhouse. What was that one you went up to? Was it Canada?
1: Yeah, we've been really? to Canada a bunch of times.
0: And it, the, the, you're asking questions and talking, and it answered and said no right to the question as you guys were all talking.
1: Yeah, like we've gotten yes, no responses. Right,
0: but it's not... But,
1: you know, when you're asking what's your name and, you know, what is this building to you and all those kinds of questions, I don't think we've ever gotten a response that's, like, So there's a, impressive that way.
0: Right. There's a valid point to, let's say, um, being stripped down.
1: Are you thinking about the one from Cheryl's from the History Museum?
0: Mm-mm. I wasn't with you guys on this EVP. I wasn't even.
1: That was probably the best
2: one out of all of them. There's no one here right
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, there's nobody here right now. Well, that was a direct question. Yeah. But a lot of those times, when you're stripped down, just doing your own thing and not paying attention, that's when it happens. When the magic happens. They're like in their normal zone. I I was out at um, Rolling Hills one night and we're sitting in part of what. I think it the museum, or it was going to be the museum, with another, another investigator, and I had the, uh, the laser light beamed up on the wall. And me and this girl just sitting there having the conversation, talking, blah, 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 blah. Did you see that? Absolutely. Shadow broke the plane right across the wall. We didn't go in there to look. We just set the light up and said, let's just chill. And it happened. And a lot of times we've been taught that spirits know ahead of time.
1: So let's think about that from like Holzer's perspective because Holzer thought that ghosts didn't know that you were there at all, right? right. That's what he believed. Like right. they were basically spirits trapped here on Earth in the Earth plane for whatever reason and that they had no knowledge of what was going on around them. Yep. So you guys have been ghost hunting for a number of years. Do you believe that? Do you think that they have no idea that you're there?
2: No, I don't agree with that. In some cases, sure, but not all. some cases,
0: they definitely know you're there. Mm-hmm. We get proof of it. On EVPs, we get proof of it. Direct questions with a direct answer with nobody in between it. Where is it coming from? In the state of art that we have, like what we have in front of us for equipment noise, and as much as we know, which is really limited, when we get an answer back from a direct question, we know, the three or five or ten of us sitting in a room, we know what we were doing at that time. We can, we can validate that. So I believe they do know. But I also believe that they don't know. You know, Sometimes they can't come through. You know, Is that
1: because of like how evolved they are on that side? Or what do you think makes the determination between like somebody that you know, knows and can interact and someone that's just there doing their thing?
0: Uh, I think it depends on the person on the other side. I think it's that spirit. Like Holzer said, yeah, you can communicate and they can communicate with us, but it's a lot harder for them because there's a lot, as he put in quotations, red tape they have to get through to get to us. There's a lot more hoops, energy, and things they have to use just to even say, yes. <laughs> but it might be easier from someone else. Is that, uh, is that spirit on a higher level, you know, that can communicate easier? Or, you know, the other ones are just, like, lower level. It, it's...
1: Right, because that's, like, something that I always wondered about. You know, like, why, why can you communicate with some but not with others? Like, what makes the determination on the other side?
0: I mean, I like today's technology, but I really like how Holzer set that up. And, and it was only by, it's all he had to work with. And really the blueprint is, at the end of the day, picture, voice, light. Do we need, and I love what Bill Chappell's doing over there uh, with Zach and the crew and building all this equipment. I love what Gary Galka does, building all this equipment. Does it help the field? Absolutely. And I, I think it's really badass, but...
2: It also hurts it. But it...
0: Exactly. It hurts it. It takes away. You rely on that equipment. Your body is not even a tool anymore.
2: And some of it's garbage, too.
0: To yes. We don't know what goes into it. It's like we always say when there's a... If someone comes up to us with a picture, hey, is this ghost? We don't... We can't say yes or no if that's valid because we weren't there. Are we there with these... The, uh, all these ghost companies that are building all these different products? Mm -mm. So we don't know how it works. I wish
1: Holzer was still around so we could ask him, like, would you use a spirit box? Would you use this? Would you use that? You know, just because now the technology is there. Mm -hmm. I would be so curious to know if he would be like, nope, you know, like, I'm sticking to what I know works and what I know I can get, or, yeah, you know, why wouldn't I try that? Because some of this stuff, no one can explain how it works. Like the puck systems,
2: the ovuluses,
1: no one can explain how it works.
2: When you can't explain how it works... Like, I know some people, you know, they're not the best with technology, but you find someone that is, and if they can't figure out exactly how it works, it's garbage, because it's just a scam.
1: Like Frank Sumption, okay? He was the nicest guy in the world, truly believed in what he was doing, and I get all that, but the Frank's box? No. if There's at least
2: a theory behind it, but if you have no idea how it works, or if there's no, like, real theory behind how something works, then...
0: Well, he had the, <laughs> what do you have, like the quartz with him and the rocks would be next to it and create the energy and the way the circuitry set up, he was receiving it. Is it, yeah, I think you really have to be there, like you said, and know what is going on. You know, what is causing this reaction? Hey, $99, let's go buy a puck. Okay, great. It's going to go off when there's something happening. What the hell does that mean? It's, it's going to say
2: demon it? at random and you just bought a $400. Demon. Pucks. Pucks. It's exactly what it is. It's <laughs> a, you basically just spend four hundred dollars on something you could use as a hockey puck because that's the best use you get out of it. Right. Like
1: there's that new piece of equipment that I'm really interested in buying that does like you know the K two. It does I saw uh, that. Yeah, it does, like, the data recording. It's got, like, all this really neat stuff in it. Those are the cool things. But it's I, like... I thought that it was great because somebody had actually posted, like, I don't know, they put it up on Facebook or something, and everybody was like, oh, this thing looks really cool. But one person had written underneath that, like, I wonder how many people will actually take the time to understand how this device works and what its purpose is. And nine times out of ten, people won't.
0: No. And and that's...
1: They'll pull that SD card out, they'll look at the graphs... <laughs> you well, know? This
0: weird line went this way, so that's got to be a ghost. I think it's my mom. I, no, I mean.
1: So I agree with Rob. Like sometimes the technology, I think, really does hurt because it just makes people like that more. I don't want to say dumb, but you know what I mean. Like you real it's like okay. where
2: to begin with, so it's okay. You
1: don't have to like <laughs> learn about it, and you just assume that you understand how it works. But yeah, how,
2: buyer
0: beware.
1: But how is that? Helping, know what you're like, doing. The scientific side of things, you it's know. Not. Like, and, Holzer was so easy to, like, compare investigation to investigation to investigation because he used the same three pieces of equipment. So if it worked here, you'd know if it worked yeah. somewhere else or how it was expected to work. Yeah,
2: and then, uh, like, the thing like uh, the EMF and what else is it? got a K2. It's got a K2. A it's got a temperature. A temperature' gauge. It's got, so got something like, yeah. like that is a good piece of equipment, it's just if it, someone doesn't know how to use it, that's on them.
0: Right, because it's not giving you... A false idea of what's going on. It'll give you a reading. It'll give you a temperature. That we know in stone. We've known for thousands and thousands of years. This is how this works. This is going to set off an alarm because the temperature went up. It's not saying there's a ghost in the room, but you know what the equipment can do. Some of the bigger equipment that these people are getting into with the body and anomalies and stuff like that. That connecting that was going around for a while. that knows that? That's still huge. That is still huge. The guy is making them as fast as he can you just don't know what's in it.
1: See, and like for me, I want that piece of equipment because supposedly when there's a ghost around, you're going to get temperature change, you're going to get a spike in EMF, you're going to get, you know, certain things are supposed to happen. So if you have one device that shows you all of those things at one time and something happens but only the temperature goes up, to me then, there's nothing here. Because if you're going to say that the EMF has to change and this has to change and that has to change... Then I want to see all three of those things go off at the same time from this one piece of equipment that's calibrated all exactly the same. And that to me then is actual evidence. It is
0: making ghost hunting more accurate.
1: Yeah, like that's.
0: It's forcing all three things to work at once. It's not like, say, an energy blast comes by. Oh, it set off the temperature. Oh, it set off the lights. Well, it's over here now, but that stopped. Put it all in one. Right. How many
1: times have you had a K2 go off and an EMF detector is right next to it and it doesn't fluctuate at all? Exactly. Exactly.
2: Because that's what's so cool about that is because even if you are trying to like see what relation all these things have, you know, you could have a K2 meter in one end of the room and like Jeff will have... A temperature gauge on the other end of the room and the k2 will go off and jeff then you'll go and look for a temperature but you're all the way over on the other side of the room it's a different piece mm-hmm. of equipment mm-hmm. this thing everything is all in one so
1: well and we all know that we could all have the exact same model emf detector and they could be calibrated differently yep. so what i might get on mine you're not going to necessarily get on yours so how is it accurate
0: so then we have to investigate how to calibrate everything
1: well, there's they tell you in the actual book that it comes with, it tells you how to calibrate it, but I can guarantee you nobody's ever tried to do it.
0: So are you doubting our fellow ghost hunters?
1: No, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying that you know technology is scary in a lot of ways because there's so much garbage out out there. But I am excited about some of this new stuff coming out because I do feel like it's
0: that going is to give us more the legit looking at data in has yet.
2: I was looking at new stuff today actually. And there is some things that are complete garbage. Like there's the the new trendy thing seems to be like trigger objects. Like you can buy a stuffed toy. And then there's other things that just have like a bunch of laser lights on them. And it's like painfully obvious that they're just making these things because they got blinking lights on them. And somebody's going to buy them because it's ooh, shiny lights. But then there's other cool things like uh, 4K full spectrum cameras. It's like
0: video quality is higher full spectrum still It's, low, so it's it, practical. you're legit Let me go back to that that uh, doll that lights up when energy comes by it or a temperature what is it a temperature Which they, they put it, it on there they're taping it the show's rolling Beep! Oh, the baby the you yeah. yeah. my daughter had to come home with the baby where you have to take care of the baby for one night you have to get up with it. I said all right you're gonna get up with this thing. I know it's programmed. It goes off whenever. It was just... This one was for middle school. So it wasn't in-depth like high school where you have to change diapers, feed it, get up in the middle of the night. This was like you get up, you hit a button, it shows that you got up and took 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 care. And then the baby, a couple minutes later, would cry again almost after every major one. So she went to school and I asked her, how'd you do on your project? Because we all had to get up. It kept us up all night. She goes, I got 103 on it because she went out of her way. I go, well, how'd you get 103? She goes... It was set to go off 15 times through the night since I had it. Once I set it and it was set on, it has an SD card in it. It was set for 15 times. I got up 15 times. Perfect score. I said, So, right there, you turn something on, you take one of those fuzzy little dolls, unless you take it apart and get into the electronics of it,
2: it's random. Yeah. You set that, I mean, it's a program that it makes it randomly go off at certain times, kind of like uh, Nobulus. <laughs> what it, fuck? Yeah. it means
0: it It knows that, that purpose of that doll lighting up they know that purpose is going to be used for ghost hunting period I know we're getting away from the whole Hans thing but it is with equipment I mean using your body as a tool using modern day equipment that's set to go you know you're going to get a response at some point just keep a camera on it and hopefully someone's in the room with you and then you could talk about it on your show and be like hey yeah look we said this and it's like whatever so yeah, some of this stuff out there is total crap. And if I had any advice to give to anybody coming into this field, I would learn a little bit about history. What part that interests you learn the other stuff because get yourself around some good people, but use, don't rely so much on your technology. Use the basic things that you know are going to work. Your EVP, your recorders, you know, use your camera, digital, whatever, Polaroid. I was using Polaroid for a while. You know, those things are hard to debunk, too. And but trust, anyway. your,
1: trust your instincts.
0: Trust your instincts. Learn to ground yourself and open yourself up a little bit before you go into a, a house or a building, you know. And that's kind of how um, that's how I would tell the future of ghost hunting coming in here. Because we've been doing it, what, 10, 10 years now, somewhere in there. And reach out to the people that seem like they got a head on their shoulders and they know what the hell they're talking about and they're not repeating some show.
2: Yep. Do it the Hans way.
0: You Do it the Hans way. Hans
2: way or the highway?
0: What else do we need to know? Do you want anything about We've got some side facts from Hans. Do you? You want yeah.
2: to
1: wrap it up with some fun facts? Yeah. Sure.
0: You know he was a vegan.
1: Interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. Really? Meat went out the window after uh, 40 years or so. He was a Wiccan high priest. He was initiated in three different times into the pagan religion. Um, he did believe he was reincarnated in a... Uh, He was in the Battle of Glencoe in 1692, and he held on to that for quite a long time. And as like you said, he did the uh, In Search of Show with Leonard Nimoy, but he was also contributed to the show a lot in writing. Um, He used to do skits for comedy shows, so he—he's
1: a really interesting guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's
1: man in the
2: world. He does seem like it. Sorry, <laughs> that's
0: okay. That's all I really, really had. I wasn't going to go into his books, and you know we won't jump into.
2: No, he's written over a hundred
0: books. Well, I'm so... talking about his bigger cases of the Amityville and stuff like that. But that's but let, gonna be I a think, different show. I
1: think we gotta let people find that out for their own Hans Holzer expedition.
0: What term did he coin?
1: Ghost hunter.
0: Ghost hunter. Yep. And I believe one. I also saw an article, um, "The Other Side" in quotations too. So ghost hunter. I did
2: hear him specifically mention I think he specifically mentioned the other side in the search of episode
0: Yep.
1: so if you're out there and you are a paranormal investigator whether you've been doing it for a long time or you're fairly new to the field, do yourself a favor and just reach back into history a little bit and see what people did before it was cool
0: use everything, use all of the history to your your benefit
2: history repeats itself take yep. some time and hang with Hans
0: nice, I like that me too Holes are out. <laughs> hey, where can I reach us?
2: Oh. Were you going to shut us
0: down like that? I was
2: going to shut us down on uh, <sighs> Holes are out.
0: <laughs> oh, Parababble prone.
2: Parababble. At Hans. Parababble. At Parababble on Facebook, Twitter, and whatever the, the other thing is. So read
1: about Hans and his cases and then tell us what your favorite ones are.
2: Yeah.
0: Coming to a theater soon.
1: Now Holes are out.
0: Holes are out.